Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is October the 2nd, 2020. Strong hand, long-term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin unconfiscatable. <laughs> I am offended by selling. Be a unique beast. Best freaking guests in the space are here today. As usual, I bring you this every Friday. Some really unique beasts are here. Brecky, Brady, and Dennis makes his debut today. Now, I want to start it off on a really happy note here from Jan, who's buddies with some of these guys. Jan's got a great tweet out there. Presidents come and go, but Bitcoin stays the same. And then, well, not the price. That number goes up a lot. For the record, <laughs> the last time we had a presidential debate, the price of Bitcoin was $617. So pound that like button because that's the only mention of the president that you're going to hear today. That's the, maybe we'll talk about it later. Who knows? But yes, guys, if you're worried about the Bates, just put it in perspective. The last time there was a debate, it was, the Bitcoin price was $617. So were you worrying about Hillary Clinton back then and being part of the machine and crying? Or were you actually buying Bitcoin? I was buying Bitcoin, and that's why I'm traveling around the whole world right now. But so let us <laughs> jump into the news of the day from the land of Arthur Hayes, wherever that may be. Oh, my God. Everyone's talking about this BitMEX issue here what is what is it here cftc charges bitmex with illegally operating derivatives exchange okay i i've never gambled there before and the price of bitcoin dropped a lot when they made the announcement all the weak hands panicked and it bounced back up and now well now we're it's the next day so brady what the heck is going on explain to us uh, this uh, bitmex arthur hayes situation yeah yeah so i mean this is obviously just a matter of time uh, this has been a long time coming. Uh, I think it was a uh, poorly kept secret that they were under investigation. If it was even a secret, I think pretty much everyone knew that that was happening. Uh, so, you know, the charges came uh, yesterday and uh, an arrest was made. Uh, one of the co-founders, uh, investors in, in BitMEX, Samuel Reed, was arrested in Massachusetts yesterday. So he's in custody. Um, the, the charges were filed against uh, in the three individuals who are who own and operate BitMEX uh, largely own it. Um, so Arthur Hayes, Ben Dello, Samuel Reed, and uh, the other those guys, Arthur and Ben, are not in the United States. They're still uh, wherever they are in the world right now. Um, BitMEX is still up and running. Uh, I would get your keys off of BitMEX if you haven't done that already. It probably should have been the first thing you did. Uh, you should regularly sweep your keys off of exchanges, but especially make sure you get them off Bit BitMEX right now. They are processing withdrawals. The exchange is operating normally, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so they, yeah, they were they were charged with violating anti-money anti laundering laws, uh, failing to implement KYC, failing to prevent uh, US uh, customers from using their platform. Uh, they have replied and said that they will be vigorously fighting all of these charges, that they have been following all laws. Uh, according to their understanding and uh, available guidance, et cetera. Um, so this will be an ongoing legal battle for years. Uh, I'm sure it's already been under investigation for at least a year and a half, sounds like. 
All right. Uh, do you think the United States uh, will end up with uh, the Bitcoin that's over there with uh, with Arthur's Bitcoin that all these all these people think it's their Bitcoin, but it's really when you get when you put your Bitcoin there, it's Arthur's Bitcoin. So do it's you, Arthur's is, Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is the United States going to end up with it? I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, this is why we have jurisdictional arbitrage, right? Like um, you know, it, it's possible. It's certainly possible. Uh, I would imagine that Arthur has been planning for this for years and uh, has, you know, uh, is holding his Bitcoin in a way that will make it very difficult for the U.S., even the U.S. empire to <laughs> to seize it uh, from him. So, yeah, I would be surprised. Uh, there will, I'm sure, have to pay some penalties at least, if not do some jail time if they want to keep the business up and up and running. Um you know, it's it, the long hand of the law. Uh, it, it does extend pretty far. Maybe they'll be able to get the coins, maybe not. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be tough times for these guys. Uh, but I'm sure they were expecting it. So, okay. Will uh, will will someone uh, will there be someone else to take their place to uh, uh, satisfy all the gamblers' needs? Of course, of course. I, I expect launch announcements like today, probably. <laughs> Okay, and I just want to remind everybody, all these dudes are linked to below. All my elite friends out there, check all these dudes out. But I want to say, if you, if you are one of my elite friends, I, I hope you know, by this point you've learned the lesson not to keep your Bitcoin or anything on any of these exchanges or gambling platforms or, or whatever they are. This is just another reminder, a, a, a big reminder. And I, I wanna, I, I'm gonna, I'm, one more question for you, Brady, uh, before we go to Brecky. Uh, the, the New York Times is writing about this. All these people are writing about this. Uh, you expect some uh, Bitcoin uh, can be confiscated FUD or, uh, I mean, some confusion out there because this is not Bitcoin. This is a third party that's being, uh, you know, in trouble here. Yeah, I mean, let's let's take. I mean, let's note that the price dumped a few hundred bucks, right? And we had some other news last night that was shaking financial markets. So, you know, in the light of those two events happening on the on the same day, um, and we took a few hundred dollar tumble, like that's that's you know amazing. Uh, let's look at you know, it's a symbol of sig significant because of how far we've come, right? I mean, what happened when Mount Gox was was uh, seized, right, or collapsed, and and it price tumbled. But then what happened soon after that, right? It just skyrocketed again. Um, so we're, you know, putting away the tumble part of it. It doesn't even matter. Even one of the largest, you know, derivatives, if not the largest derivatives exchange uh, in Bitcoin goes down. Uh, yeah. So I, I think this is a, this is bullish news, man. All right. Yes, it, it is. People have tried to compare it to, to Mt. Gox. No way, baby. I mean, it, uh. back then the ecosystem was so small. Look what it did. Now the ecosystem is so tremendous. This does really nothing. And yeah, we had other wacky news from the White House last night too. I, maybe we'll talk about that at the end. All right, dudes, retweet this if you're if you're watching this live. I just put it out there and pound that like button, people. Let's go to Brecky. What's your take on uh, all of this situation? Well, first of all, I agree with Brady that it's it's bad for Bitmax and Bitmax users, but it, it's so bullish that it's it, it's kind of crazy. I mean, the how do I phrase this? Like we went down a little bit, right? But one, you know, as you said, like the amount wasn't that much. And I almost feel like because of like, can you be bullish on a dump? Like I, I'm kind of bullish on the fact that it's dumping and that it didn't dump that hard. Um, so that's, that's first of all, that's one thing. Although long-term thinking, we don't care about price right now. Um, but there was some interesting talk going on about this. One tweet in particular I found really interesting was from uh, David Bailey, who's the, C the CEO of, of uh, 
Bitcoin Magazine and the Bitcoin Conference, all that. Um, I'll read it real quick. It's He says, the fact that a bunch of old white guys at the CFTC and FBI just shut down the most successful black-owned fintech in the world for violating the Bank Secrecy Act has finally made me a believer in institutional racism. First we had fake, first we had fake news, and then now we have fake crime. Um, <laughs> I'm a little surprised I didn't believe in, in institutional racism before this, but I do agree. It's kind of suspect. Um, maybe it's a coincidence, who knows. The other coincidence that I found to be not so coincidental, wasn't this all, it was on the anniversary of the day that they got Ross, too, which I just find to be like a big old F you to everybody. But uh, yeah. uh, it's, it's interesting you bring up that that tweet. They, they tried to tie it in the current events there. Let me, let me tell you, I, 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 I don't think it was institutional racism. I, not, not the, 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 the dude's got the biggest freaking gambling parlor in, in crypto, and he happens to be an African-American. He's an American citizen. <laughs> when you're an American citizen, you gotta, you, you're always connected. You always can be made an example out of. Uh, so I, I think uh, I wouldn't be going that far uh, into the in institutional race. I'm, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of, of people even claiming that for, for, for anything, to tell you the truth. But uh, yeah, it, it is, people are, it, it, it's, it's out there. It, everyone's got their own take on this. That's why it's the, it's the big story of the week. And uh, Dennis, you're new to the show, but Wait, you've been sorry, on One thing, one thing. Oh, maybe, yes. maybe we'll bring it up later, but contrast this with the with the uh, the fincel leak and like it's just it's absurd so um, i don't know maybe if you want to get into that a bit later but you know the fact yeah, that it's get away with so much crazy so much well, so much yeah i can't even yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's it's clear we're in a fascist uh, economy we have there's winners and there's losers that are picked okay uh it, you, certain people can do certain things if you've got certain tie-ins with the government and certain people can't do other things, okay? But it, it is uh, this. This, as Brady said, uh, they've been preparing for this for a while. I mean, he's been sticking out like a sore thumb over there, uh, and you, you can only go about uh, this for for so long. For certain people, at least. Uh, it, yeah, it's sticking out on purpose too. We should know, right? The Lambo stunt uh, consensus in like 2017 or something like that. It parks three Lambos outside of the the main entrance of the conference. Uh, which got picked up by mainstream media, um, you know, kind of flaunting, um, you know, the, uh, I guess, the reason his coconut joke, which was actually cited in the uh, press release from the CFTC, where he's like, uh, he moved down to wherever they're located now. I don't even know where they're domiciled. Um, because, yeah, because, because the regulars there were uh, able to be bribed with a coconut as opposed to the, you know, millions of dollars it would take if you were trying to bribe the U United States uh, government. So, you know, like those are just, yeah, he's sticking out like a sore thumb on on purpose. Um, you know, Arthur man, like he's a character. I I have respect for his uh, his brass balls, man. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Like, I, I want to say that I I don't think the government should be interfering. I I think uh, I believe in the free market. This dude should be able to run his gambling parlor. This is personal responsibility. Is new counterculture. Let United States government shouldn't be protect trying to protect all these uh, gamblers. I mean, who knows what they're trying to do? Uh, but I, I I'm. I'm into uh, the just the the creation that's out there in this space. I'm into all sorts of things. Just let let the ICOs do their thing, but that's not the world we live in. The the SEC, the all these all these uh, three letter, four letter agencies, 
They got to do something for the sake of doing something. I think it's disgusting. So I, I don't I don't support this happening, but I, I can see why it is definitely happening. Now, uh, Dennis, your your time your your time has come. What's your take on this? <laughs> well, I thought I agree with Brecky. It's uh, definitely a good thing. I see it as like. Every day is an opportunity to just get some more Bitcoin, honestly. That's just how I look at it. And if it dumps like $500, okay, I'm going to buy. If it goes up another 1000 and then dumps back to $3,000, i am just going to keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. It's a, I, mm -hmm. I do agree with Brecky, too, that can, yeah. can something like this be considered a, a positive news? Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it, it definitely can be because it's, it just shows you how much the space has matured. Uh, and at the same time, it gives... Uh, the big, you know, people, this is, well, my usual show is called the One Bitcoin Show. It, it, it makes it that much cheaper for a little bit of time for people to get their uh, their their one Bitcoin there. So uh, we're going to keep hearing about it, though. Uh, it, it's it's a main, it's something that the mainstream media definitely uh, will pick up on. Before we move on, Brecky, do you have any, anything more to say about this? Yeah, just one thing about Bit BitMEX that I think a lot of people forget Um in all the talk of gambling, and don't get me wrong, like there's a lot of gambling and YOLO, 100X longs on there, all that stuff. But the derivatives market are actually an important part of, of, uh, of you know, a mature Bitcoin ecosystem. You know, we need that. Um, so while the gambling is definitely a part of it, you know, futures are, 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 are gonna be vital for people like miners and, you know, it, it's not just gambling. So uh, just wanted to point that out. Yeah, that, that's, that's an excellent point. Uh, I, I'm picking on, uh, the, the 80, there's a lot of people who use it for, for gambling, but it yes. serves a purpose. It, it's, it, it is a part of the space. It, it's, it makes it more of a legitimate space when you have a futures market. Okay. So, uh, yes, it, it's, someone will take their place. Of course, uh, if they, they disappear, uh, and it'll probably be someone that is, is friendly to, uh, to all of the KYC regulations and whatnot. And we're going to talk about we're going to talk about exchanges that don't do the KYC thing in in a in a few minutes, which I which I, I love those uh, I, I love those guys. Uh, all right, uh, uh, and Brady, any anything else before we move on? No, I'm I'm satisfied. Good job, guys. Go team. Good. <laughs> Go team. Pound that like button, everybody. All right, now let's talk about some SJW stuff. Well, let's talk about some Coinbase stuff. Well, it's it's a combination here. We'll start with a uh, Brecky. I'm going to bring this up to you. Uh, Coinbase offers severance package to employees unsatisfied with a political mission. Now, I, I had a very busy week. I've been traveling. I didn't get to comment on this yet, so I'm going to comment on it first, okay, dudes? Uh, I, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, Coinbase is located in the San Francisco Bay Area uh, where people are SJWs and uh, they, they're, you know, during this time of social unrest, they, they're, they're turning their companies into uh, social uh, messaging platforms. You've got to be politically correct. And it seems like to me Coinbase uh, doesn't want to go in the direction. And if, they're, if their employees are uncomfortable with them not being political, then they're going to give them money to go away. So they're, they're putting their money where their mouth is, saying, we're not political. We're not dealing with this nonsense. And if you, don't, if you want to deal with this nonsense, then we'll pay you to leave. Uh, th that's my take on it. And I know a lot of people don't like Coinbase, but I, I like I like what they're doing there. I, I, I think it's time that some of these corporations say, we're not going to play this game. It's a distraction, waste of time. We're a company. We're not a social justice warrior place. So, Brecky, what is your, your take on this? I've got many thoughts on this. Um, okay. On the one hand, 
Coinbase is so big. I don't know. I find it hard to believe that any company of that size can be non-political, um, no matter the industry they're in, just by the you know the actions they take and and how they affect the markets and things like that. But the very industry that Coinbase is in and the mission that Coinbase is supposedly on, it to me is inherently political. Bitcoin is political, you know. Um, so I don't know. I, I think Coinbase has lost the thread in a lot of ways. Um, so I don't even know what their their mission is anymore. It's a open, decentralized, you know, open access to finance. But meanwhile, everything they do is KYC. So I I, I don't know. You know, it's now, now you it's must not bad news. I don't know. It's good news. Politics has become very emotional in this last year. I mean, it's be, it dominates everything. And you got to say, it is a tremendous, I would have to think it's a tremendous distraction. Did you say tremendous? Did, did I hear you say tremendous? Exactly. So. <laughs> you know? So uh, I, I think uh, there comes a point when if you want to run an efficient business, you just got to only deal with business. Uh, so so I, I, on a certain level, yeah, Bitcoin is political, but you can make it not political, Okay. I mean, on an in, on an individual level, it's just uh, straight up uh, freedom and, and disintermediation, and uh, you know, getting to a situation where you're so independent, you don't have to worry about politics at all. You don't worry have to worry about saying the, the right things if you said the wrong thing, the right thing, or whatever. Uh, so, Dennis, what's your what's your take? I think it's I think it's awesome that Brian is doing that uh, because. I feel like we need a lot more people like that in, especially in like the private corporate environment. I don't see a lot of that uh, from clients and people I work with. Definitely not. I see them pandering mostly to just things they don't actually believe in, but they want to save face for their clients who they have to deal with. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think Brian's going in the, the right direction despite like, I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for that on Twitter. It's like, why, why do you support Brian? And why, why do you like Coinbase? Well, I'm in, a, I'm in a particular situation because in New York, Coinbase is one of three options just to get Bitcoin. So there's that. Uh, I, do, I do think it's good overall, the direction he's going, if it is you know, uh, genuine. If it's just regarding like the election and that kind of politics, then yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's been doing Bitcoin justice, obviously, but I think from a, a corporate perspective, I think he's doing a very good thing. Yes, I, I, I agree. And hey, dudes, there, there's no Bitcoin inquisition here. You could say you like Coinbase. You can say mm -hmm. the dude's do, he's not a villain. I mean, he's not, he's not like the devil or something like that. You, people that you disagree with. They can do things that are pretty darn good sometimes, and it's got to be called out. So uh, I, I'm on I'm on your side with this, uh, Dennis. I, I think it's it's and he again his company is getting bigger and bigger and wealthier and wealthier. And uh, it's you know this this next few months. I mean, I want the whole world to know what Coinbase is. I, of course, I want the whole world to know what Swan is too. I mean, but we, yeah. we got we got we got to admit to ourselves that Coinbase got a lot of money, got I mean a, a lot of publicity and. If 80 percenters find out about them it's, it's one step closer uh people finding out about uh, a swan also so let, let's uh, go to a swan guy here brady what what is your take on uh on this uh sjw versus uh, coinbase situation yeah well first of all 
it's his company. He can do what he wants. So, mm-hmm. you know, more power, more power to him. Um, to Brecky's point, so so Bitcoin, and I know what he means, right? But Bitcoin, the network itself is apolitical. Um, but it does have Bitcoin, the idea and the, the, the presence of a of a money that's you know non-sovereign and all of the attributes of Bitcoin that make it what it is, uh, make it the opposite of fiat money, makes it inherently political by uh, consequence of its existence. Um, we in Bitcoin talk a lot about these ideas of freedom, and that is a political idea. Um, when the revolution happened, uh, you know, the American colonists, the English colonists, I should say, revolted against England. One of the big ideas that uh, was baked into the Constitution and fought over uh, during those conventions was the idea of separation of church and state, um, an idea of freedom but a very, very political idea directly opposed to the political regime from whence they came, right? So this is a similar situation. We as Bitcoiners, by holding Bitcoin, it is a, an act of defiance against tyranny. So Bitcoin is inherently a political thing. You can't get away from that. That's what Jack Dorsey was trying to say, right? Now, I Jack does not, you know, I can tell, like when he followed up with his tweets, you know, he's like, I'm not saying that, you know, Bitcoin is, you know, its first purpose is for social justice, right? But it is a consequence. Uh, if, if freedom is a part of the broader idea of social justice, which has been, that, that phrase has been, you know, politicized um, and, and, and demeaned at this point. But if it is a part of justice, if freedom is part of justice, then, yeah, I think Bitcoin is a force for justice in the world. So, I, and I don't think you can escape that. Fine, keep it out of your conversations at Coinbase. I don't know if Brian even cares about that, like like Brecky was saying, right? Like, I think he cares about making money. And, uh, you know, that, that I think that's very clear with all of the actions that he takes, including this one. Well, I, I think it's good that he uh, he cares about making money. He should be. He's the CEO yeah. of the, that's his job. It, but it, I mean, it, I mean, like only, <laughs> which is fine, which is fine. But like Jack Dorsey, obviously, you know, appreciates Bitcoin, not just for its potential to make money for Square, but also for the, you know, the consequences, uh, political and social consequences that it could have on the world. So I, when, yeah. when do you think, okay, you've made a great point of what, what Bitcoin can do for people that are involved with quote unquote social justice. It, it seems like we're, we're not going in that direction that the people that are involved in, in this, uh, so it's, it's, it's a broad, you know, social justice means nothing to me really. Right. But be a lot yeah, of people, we, can't really, we can't really use that term anymore. No, it's, no, no, no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, the the people who yell about it, uh, they seem to be going toward uh, yelling more and and getting into the streets. And I've always said that people on the left, it they when are they going to wake up to Bitcoin? When are they going to wake up to Bitcoin? I mean, this it could help their cause so much. It just it seems like they're too impulsive or they're not patient enough. They they want instant change or instant gratification. I don't know. Do do, do you see? So some of the SJWs out there one day somehow incorporating Bitcoin into their, their this ways? Is, this, is the, this is the world I come from, Adam. I come from a left-leaning liberal family and circle of friends. Uh, it's the way I grew up. Um, and I still hold a lot of those beliefs. You know, as a, like I identify as a libertarian now, but I identify as a libertarian in the sense that libertarians stand for freedom. And that includes 
social freedom, right? And justice. Uh, I obviously Keynesianism on, on the liberal side of, you know, if you're talking about democratic politics and, you know, Republicans are Keynesians now too, that's obviously absolutely wrong and a terrible way to, you know, a tyrannical way to run uh, an economy. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I come from that background and uh, Bitcoin has changed the way I think in a lot of ways, including politically. And um, yeah, I, I mean, the liberal left is coming to Bitcoin. I talked to my friends about it. Uh, they understand it. I, I talk about Bitcoin as a way to, you know, in, increase justice in the world. Uh, and that really identify or like, you know, resonates uh, with friends who come from that background as well. So I, I think it's happening, man. Yeah. And anyone can come to Bitcoin. That's that's the glorious part of it. A lot of people don't realize that. Uh, and that's uh, when you when you do when someone uh, disagree with uh, politically is able to buy Bitcoin. And so are you. Yeah, consider that a very thing. All right. Uh, since we since we've gotten into a little of uh, uh, politics uh, here, I Bracky, uh, do you have anything to add to, to what was just said? I think uh, Brady hit the nail on the head. I mean, one thing is that I I just think the left, the right, people are primed more than ever for Bitcoin now than they have been for a while. But you know, it doesn't mean that they're going to find out about it. On their own necessarily you know like that's why shows like yours and like what we do at swan and but then doing like lots of people like we just need to keep talking about it like talk about it to your friends and talk about it to your neighbors and you know mm -hmm. be that annoying bitcoin guy if you have to but if you believe in it you know it, it's worth it and this is like an anecdote and anecdotes take them for what you will but like i went to a friend's house for dinner the other night with some people who i hadn't met before and for the first time you know, in a while, you know, I, they wanted to know about Bitcoin. And I was just like, I'd have to stop myself in the middle and be like, you want me to continue? Okay, let's go. And it was great. So if you're a Bitcoin person, go out and go out and talk about it. Stay All right. Yeah, but better, to, better, you know, if you get into one of those uncomfortable conversations about the presidential debate, just bring up Bitcoin. Say, you should have been worried about this instead of, you know, worrying about who was calling who a name or whatever. Uh, okay, Dennis, any social justice stuff for you before we move on? Uh, no, not too much. You guys have pretty much covered it. Uh, basically, yeah, Brecky's right. You just show lightly. I don't know if you guys have seen that meme, show lightly. <laughs> just bring it up here and there. You don't have to force it down them. But yeah, they eventually get it or they see the work you're doing. They're like, oh, why do you put so much effort and time into this? There yes. must be something here. I don't know. <laughs> Lead by example, and uh, don't don't get up too don't get too crazy in anyone's face. Let you know gradually uh, get it in there. Very very good advice. All right, let's let's move on to this story, which I really like. I've been uh, lately on my uh, show. I've been ranking stories in terms of how twenty percenter they are. Okay, and this one I give a eight eight out of ten on the scale. Okay, all right, and it makes me and I say what saying it makes me think of. Don't FOMO on off this uh this this story makes me think of so what is this story here uh this great news uh more than half of all crypto exchanges have weak or no id verification okay so we've been living in this time where a lot of people are saying oh it's terrible uh i i want i gotta dump my altcoins but i gotta give up my uh give up my id and it, it the, the whole uh the ecosystem is becoming so much more corporate and so much more bootlicking to the government. And I have to tell them who I am. But no, this this article shows you that from Europe to the United States, uh, there's plenty of uh, exchanges 
where you can dump your uh, altcoins and uh, you don't have to weak or no ID verification. So I like that this still exists out there. I, I, I think it's great. Now, I understand, you know, most all the big names out there, they, they, they're totally compliant, of course, of course. But this still exists. So I think it's a great thing that uh, this exists because a lot of people still have their altcoins to get to get rid of. Because you shouldn't have, you, if you, you made a mistake, you should you, you FOMO on alts, never FOMO on alts. Now, but now what I want to point out here, yes, I think it's great that such wacky exchanges still exist. How long they'll still exist for, I don't know. Um, but don't go over to them and say, oh, well, time to gamble and to, to buy these altcoins. No, 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 that, that's not what this news is for. So Dennis, what was your take on this? Uh, I came in around, I think, during that whole altcoin phase. Uh, that's pretty much how I got initiated into the entire space. So I'd say, yeah, I think it, it's super, it's super great that you still have these options out there. And I was looking into like peer to peer exchanges as well. They're, it's, it's totally doable if you are savvy enough or just interested in getting rid of those alts. I think I still have mine just as like a reminder, like, yeah, never touch this stuff again. <laughs> A souvenir, a souvenir yeah. to remember. Well, I, a question from the audience that pertains to this. How far away are we from real decentralized exchanges, Bitcoin only, where people can gamble with leverage and not have a team uh, for the feds to target? Okay, that's, uh, that's kind of related. So let's, uh, uh, Brady, to, to two parts there. So what, what's your take on, on the fact that we still have no KYC exchanges and uh, how far are we from uh, getting to a point where uh, there's going to be decentralized exchanges that can't be targeted by the feds where people are going to be able to use leverage and, and, and gamble and whatnot? <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I mean, um, like I, I said in the chat, I'm not a derivatives person at all. I don't even really understand them, to be quite honest. Uh, you know, not in the not to I mean, basically I understand them, but certainly not well enough to trade them. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I think no, no, no KYC is great. I mean, I think we need no KYC exchanges. We need decentralized exchanges. BISC is awesome. I'm a supporter of BISC. I'm a user of BISC. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think we also need KYC exchanges because we are in this transition period. Um, and I don't know what the, you know, legal future looks like. Um, it's, there's a lot of question marks about the way society is going to be organized and governed in the future. So I have no idea. Um, but I would I would like to live in a world that trends away from KYC for sure, uh, and I think one way to do that is to have a combination of you know Bitcoin being kind of in the legacy system and completely outside of the legacy system. So I think what's really important to build both sides up uh, as we transition to whatever you know kind of mix of both that we're going to have in the future. I, I got to say, you know, the dream of a of an exchange where you can deal with derivatives and you can do gambling and, and, and whatever you want to call it over there. It makes me think of the shirt I'm wearing. Where in the world is Satoshi Nakamoto? You can get shirts like this link to below, but I, are we going to, there's never going to be another Satoshi Nakamoto. I, I don't see, I don't foresee a, a, a point where uh, we have an exchange where the people behind it aren't uh, targets where, where there's, there's there's a situation you know someone all has to create the decentralized exchange there all there has to be a founder at some point and the only way he can be that he can't be captured is if he dies which i think satoshi nakamoto i think he is deceased so i don't i don't know how we can get to a satoshi nakamoto type of situation uh 
with uh, even with decentralized exchanges. But uh, who who well, maybe we'll get close. I don't know. Since since I'm not a gambler and I'm I'm just into you know, and I've already given up my KYC. I mean, when I I purchased my Bitcoin, it's it's already out there. You know, Adam Meister did this. There's a record with the government, so I, I'm not too concerned about this. But I I do know a lot of people are. So I I don't know how. Uh, how how these are, and I wish people luck. Create, keep aim aim high, dude. Aim to be the next Satoshi Nakamoto, where your creation could be 100% anonymous, and where the government can't do what they're doing to Arthur Hayes. But I don't know how possible that really is. Okay, Brecky, uh, lot, a lot was just said. What, what's what's uh what's going on with you and KYC, and uh, the, the likelihood we'll have uh, super duper anonymous uh, exchanges one day. Well, I actually think it's a lot more likely than, than a lot of people think. Um, I also don't think that for something like this, we need a Satoshi Nakamoto necessarily. So, for example, um, if anyone's interested in this, I'd recommend they check out the, one, of the, one of the latest episodes of the Tales from the Crypt with Matthew Black, who's the co-founder of Atomic Finance. Um, and they actually, interesting enough, um, they were working on the Ethereum side of things and basically realized that Ethereum is a dumpster fire and we're like, all right, we got to go to Bitcoin. So they're exploring things like DLCs um, and the Lightning Network along with our, the RGB protocol. Um, and they're going to be allowing, I think, betting on the election using DLCs as like a test. Um, and that's going to be coming out within the month. Um, but if I think their website is just atomic.loans. Atomic you know, they're going to be building this. And the thing is, if you contrast what Arthur does um, like BitMEX custodies the Bitcoin. That's the real issue. Um, if these products are decentralized and no one is custodying the Bitcoin, there's no one to go after. Like you can't arrest someone for creating code. Um, like there's been precedent for that, you know? So even if the, I mean, these guys are based out of Canada where the laws are a little different and I can't speak to them, but you know, for now they're operating within the law. So they can build this, this um, I mean, basically what they're offer they're talking about on their website is non-custodial Bitcoin backed loans as along with leverage. So I think in the next six to 12 months, like we're gonna have a decentralized alternative that's Bitcoin only and it's gonna be pretty awesome. And the cool thing, um, I was listening to the pod with Marty and, and, and Matthew, I believe, uh, or Matt. Um, and the cool thing about this is because of, of um, they're le leveraging the Lightning Network. It's not going to affect the base layer, the base chain, in the same way that, for example, like DeFi affects Ethereum. You know, like if, if degenerate gamblers want to go on and play around with some smart contracts on on Lightning and you know and gamble and create tokens, they can do that, and it's not going to bid up uh, prices for transactions on the base layer. Um, so, to me, it's like like. I'm I'm not a gambler. I'm not really a DeFi person, but I've always I have nothing against it in theory. I just always thought it's coming to Bitcoin, and when it does, it's gonna be a hell of a lot better. And that's that, I think that's what's gonna happen. It's thing you've you've given me a segue into the next topic here, because you talked about loans, Atomic. I I, I don't know about those dudes. I, I'm a guy who obviously I don't like playing the loans game. I don't encourage people to give up their Bitcoin, you know, for a six percent return. But uh, even Eric Voorhees, he he got interested in it with Salt Lending, and uh, they had an ICO. And I, I remember when they, I, I was like, "Why is this Salt thing so big? Why do people mess with it?" Well, the news came out: the SEC orders Salt Lending to refund investors in its uh, fifty million dollar ICO. So. Uh, since uh, I got Brecky on the line here, what, what, what was your take on this? Uh, 
shit corners gonna shit coin. I mean, like we have we still haven't seen the full unwinding of, of twenty seventeen. Um and I don't know, it's it's gonna be interesting. Uh I I, I don't have a uh a huge opinion on this one way or the other, you know, the, the government's going to do what it's going to do. And people who didn't take the appropriate precautions or launch their project in the right way are going to feel the pain. Uh, unless of course they're like, you know, EOS and they raise billions of dollars and they can just pay the fines and get away with it. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, what's your take on salt lending Brady? Yeah, I'm, uh, not surprised. I mean, I guess this has been happening for quite a while too, or been under investigation for a while. You know, it's, it's, a um, tiny slap on the wrist penalty wise, which, you know, not also not surprised by that, but it sucks. Um, they made bajillions of dollars or I don't know how many, how much they raised, but in the ICO craze 2017, I'm sure I would not be surprised if it wasn't billions uh, on their ICO and it's a $250,000 fine and they have to give investors the opportunity to get their money back. Um, so, I don't know how many investors will take them up on that. Uh, it'll be their job to convince them that they can uh, show a return moving forward, I guess. Uh, also not a fan of, you know, uh, Bitcoin based, uh, you know, yields for, for loaning out your Bitcoin, especially when you're giving up your keys. Um, this is uh, this, this atomic loans thing is really interesting. I, this is the first time I've looked at the landing page. I'm definitely going to dig into it more, but they say you can leverage your Bitcoin up to three X in a completely decentralized manner. Um, that's interesting. I don't know exactly how that would work. Yeah, that sounds true. Sounds, yeah, that's interesting to say the least. Um, you know, but uh, like, like on chains offers Bitcoin backed loans that are, you know, multi-sig and, and you don't have to give up your keys. You can still control your private keys, uh, put them into a multi-sig. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. I understand, you know, business, people who run businesses need to have access to liquidity in different uh, forms. So I think, uh, you know, being able to raise fiat to pay bills in your business uh, using your Bitcoin is is a good service. So I, I definitely like Unchain's uh, approach to Bitcoin backed loans. I want to I want to put something out here. I think people are seeing me make uh, faces when I talk about loans and everything. And when we talk about futures again, uh, I, so I do not participate in these things at all. And I encourage people not to participate in these things. But finance is finance. These things are necessary. There is risk involved. It is it's definitely, uh, you, you know, nothing is guaranteed in life, but in a mature financial ecosystem, you need things like this. So I can make my faces all I want to. Um, uh, and I, I just, again, buy and hold people. That, that's what my slogan is. But I, I'm willing, let people create whatever loan, <laughs> you know, they, they loan companies uh, that are, uh, you know, funded by ICOs, let, let them do what they want to do and let, let the market decide. Okay. But yeah, we do in, in any, uh, in any financial world, you need uh, places to get loans and get interest, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, of course we're living in such a creative, awesome golden age space that you could just hold on to your Bitcoin. You get your uh, crypto dividends, get your, uh, Get your, uh, you know, your uh, airdrops and your uh, your forks, and you don't have to give that up to anyone. You just have to know what you're doing. All right, Dennis, uh, your, your take. Uh, have you ever been tempted by loans before? And what do you, what do you think about uh, this uh, this salt lending? <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, I've been tempted just to consider it. Um, but you know, you know how it is in New York. They don't let you do anything here. So a lot of those, a lot of those services are just not offered here. So it's like, all right, I guess I'm just stuck with Bitcoin. That's totally fine with me. 
You know, it's interesting. I've never, I've never asked a New York guy to get really down with the to tell us about the frustrations of uh of New York. I mean, New York is supposed to be the financial capital of the world, yeah. yet look what they've done to cryptocurrency. It's very interesting. So, can can you tell us any uh frustrating stories about about New York? Uh, most of the time, it's just well, people who talk to me from New Jersey, they're always like, "Why can't I buy this? Why why can't I? Why can't you buy this coin?" It's like, well. <laughs> Because I don't have an exchange that offers it, or I have to go to another state just to, you know, like peer to peer with someone. It's like I'm not going to do that. It's just way too much work. Um, so wait, you're saying Ben Losky has saved you from making all these mistakes? Is that true? Uh, pretty much. I think that's. I think that is the the shining light in New York right now. It's like, oh, you're only you only have access to what Gemini offers you or Coinbase. That's it. Most of the time. I don't know if uh, you. I don't know if you could do like a VPN thing with like another exchange, but a lot of people are just not going to do that. Uh, it, it is. It is. I mean, still, New York uh, is. It's a huge market, so I'm sure Gemini and Coinbase uh, are, are quite pleased that uh, it's so hard for competitors to get into the market. But again, that's yeah. that's what we talked about a, a fascist uh, type of uh, economy that, that that we're living in here. Uh, yeah. uh, all right, uh, let, let's uh, let. Yeah. God, New York City. It's, you know, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's amazing that it's backward in that way. But okay, what? And that Wyoming, that that the, all the people in New York City make fun of Wyoming, say they shouldn't have a senator, et cetera, et cetera. That's where the freedom is in, in terms of a uh, the economy. But you know, so many people are caught 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 up in their eighty percent or world where you know you just have to blindly rip on uh you know Wyoming's backward. That that's just that's the that's the party line. But yeah, in reality, we see. Uh, what's yep. going on? Yeah, props to Caitlin Long. Keep it up over there. All right, now let's move to this awesome uh, subject matter, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Brady specifically because, dude, you've been doing a really good job talking to people like Dan freaking Tapiero and Max, <laughs> and Max Kaiser, and I don't know if you've talked to uh, the the flavor of the month uh, Sailor. What, what's his name? Michael Sailor from uh, MicroStrategy. We've got these guys that are. Uh, they're smart guys, and they didn't originate in Bitcoin, but they've really uh, they've talked a big game in Bitcoin. Okay, huge game they talked in Bitcoin. So they become immediate cult heroes. And I, I, I got to say, on especially on the Michael Saylor uh, point, this dude has you know turned his freaking company that had nothing to do in the with Bitcoin uh, into like. Uh, it's not a Bitcoin company, but it's really <laughs> he's got a page. It's linked to below. It, it, they've got a Bitcoin page on their their site right now. So uh, tell us about, you know, talking to Max and talking to Dan uh, and and, uh, and tell us about, you know, are people <laughs> are, do, do, do these guys become cult heroes too quickly in, in our space? And should, we should remember that one person does not make Bitcoin. I think it's great that we have outsiders coming in and then be, all of a sudden becoming Bitcoiners. I think it's cool, but at times I think it's like insane the way people just uh, become obsessed with them. So take it away. Born Michael Saylor, whether it's a boy or a girl. Michael Saylor, one name. Michael Saylor. Michael Saylor. All right. Brady. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We've been really. Um, honored to talk to a lot of these people lately on the Swan Signal podcast and show we do on YouTube. Uh, I've had some amazing guests. I mean, of course, I'm going to set Max Kaiser aside because he's not a noob. He's been around since 2011. Uh, he's an OG. But, but, but I mean, did he did come from a completely different... He, 
Yeah. Well, again, yeah, he has been in long enough. Okay, he is a different case. You're right. It's a little bit different. I think he's a different case, but you're right. He did come from a financial background, right? And I did a podcast. He's famous him. beforehand. He was known beforehand. <laughs> So he, yeah, he, he was like the first famous person to come to Bitcoin or some whatever. I would, say, yeah, pro- probably so. Yeah, I would say so. Um, he was certainly one of the first, like the most mainstream media person who was talking about Bitcoin regularly. Um, I, you know, I think Max would totally like, like just be aghast at being called mainstream media. He's not, but um, in, in most popular, you know, and most watched, widely watched uh, media that was been talking about it since 2011. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Max, I did a podcast with him on Citizen Bitcoin. Um, and that was an awesome hour and 45 minute conversation. We got into Max's history, super interesting guy. But I think the people you're talking about are like Michael Saylor, Jeff Booth, who's a CEO of uh, tech CEO and on a bunch of boards in Canada. He wrote the book, The Price of Tomorrow. Uh, so he's done all of the, uh, you know, the podcast and, and Bitcoin media rounds. Uh, he was on the show, um, talked to this guy named George Gammon, who is a micro investor, does, has a big YouTuber in terms of finance investing and stuff. Um, uh, Raul Powell was on with EJ uh, while, well, just a little bit ago. Michael Saylor will be on in, in two weeks, the week after next, uh, with Daniel DiMartino Booth, who also should be put into this category. Um, so yeah, these are these are all people who are in the mostly in like the macro investing world, and they seem to be the people who are kind of waking up next. Um, you know, Saylor is more in the CEO uh, CEO role, but he's also an investor. I mean, he's got money to to. to to uh, not melt, to, to not let melt, uh, as he puts it. Um, look, I, yeah, this is great. This is great for Bitcoin. This is all good for Bitcoin. Uh, I am not concerned about people fawning over Michael Saylor uh, because, you know, if he uh, does something that's against the Bitcoin ethos, the white blood cells will come out and, and you know, Bitcoiners have no compunction against slaying heroes. It, it happens uh, all the time. So I, I think Michael Saylor is awesome for Bitcoin. He just tweeted out just three hours ago. I just now saw it for the first time, but um, he's, I, I, don't, I don't have it here, but I think paraphrasing, it was something like um, Bitcoin is not a way to send someone. Uh, it was something about time. Um, right, send money to 10,000 people, but it was a way to send some send money in 10,000 days or something like that. I need to find the tweet. It was so good. Um, the magic of Bitcoin isn't the transfer of money to someone 10,000 miles away. It is the transfer of money to someone 10,000 days away. Yeah. So the way he's talking about this being, you know, a, a storing, I love the way he talks about like, this is putting money into an encrypted wall of encrypted energy and letting it sail through time uh, untouched. Right. So it's it's like this. It's it's amazing the way he talks about it. And it, he's come up to speed so quickly, which I think is a testament to the quality and just volume of Bitcoin education content that has blossomed uh, over the past couple of years. Um, we brought this guy who has a bunch of money and some influence uh, now in, to, as part of being in the Bitcoin field up to speed to insane levels of conviction in a few months. Uh, and he's 450 million in now and running his company on Bitcoin standard. Like That's awesome. Yes. Hey, I want to I want to ask you specifically out of all the dudes you mentioned, out of all the dudes I mentioned, uh, the one I like the best out of them is Dan Tapiero. So tell us a little bit about right. talking. To- yeah. So he was just on this past week with Dan Maduszewski, uh, who it was a great pairing because, you know, Dan's a, a little older. He's like on the older end, the Gen X side, the young end, the boomer side. And, and Dan Maduszewski is like been in Bitcoin since he was 
you know, just out of college, basically he ran, he was on the early team of Kraken. He ran trade at the head of trade at circle. And so it was a really cool pairing because of course, Dan Tapiero has a bunch of experience, you know, in macro for 25 plus years, 30 years, a bunch of experience in the gold field. And so coming from the, the sound money angle on the, on, on the gold end, I think is a really also great uh, thing for Bitcoin, right? So he's talking to people who understand the, the prospects of sound money, the need for sound money. And it's just saying, look, you also, if you have gold, you also need to have Bitcoin in your portfolio. Like it's, you know, these are the two sound monies, uh, serious options for sound money that we have in a time of uh, massive inflation that's only going to, to keep going. Um, so yeah, I love that message. I love a guy coming from the gold world, bringing that message directly to, he's very well trusted there. He's like the anti-Peter Schiff in the gold world. <laughs> uh, and oh, I, I, I think a lot, more, a lot more credible, yeah. Pound that like button for the anti-Peter Schiff, gold and hold people. All right, Brecky, your take on the big the big names coming in and out, and uh, any anything you want to say about that? Uh, not too much more than Brady. I agree. It's, it really is a testament to the quality of education that's out there now. You know, it, there's certainly it's certainly difficult to find your way, regardless to know where to start and what's credible and not. But it's a lot less difficult than it used to be. And you know, Michael Saylor is a is a testament to that. Um, one other thing, though, that I think is just, I mean, this is uh, definitely an ego boost for a lot of us on this side of things, but if you look at a lot of what Michael uh, has been saying on all the podcasts, it's essentially a, a, a very rational defense of, of the maximalist uh, position, you know, and I think a lot of quote unquote Bitcoin maximalists, whether you label yourself that or not, you know, have always said that it's not based in dogma. You know, like, yes, there are a lot of people who just like spout dogma and repeat the, you know, the, like party line almost. But there is a there is a, a reason why you know we hold these beliefs. And I think Michael came to that that decision very, very quickly. Um, and I think that's that's really powerful. And hopefully we see a lot more people do that. Yes. Now, again, we, we do have to remember about Michael back in 2013. He was tweeting out uh, <laughs> he, he, he was no fan of Bitcoin back then. But people's mind can change. Have an open mind. Don't be stubborn like Peter Schiff. All right, uh, Dennis. I don't know if you have any thoughts on on what we we've, we've just been talking about. Is I, I want to actually break it down from the big names to the small names to the opportunity for anyone out there, all the no names out there, to make uh to make uh, their uh their point in this space that the opportunity is out there, and you are a dude who is in motion, who has taken advantage of that. So. Uh, do you have anything to say about the big names before we move on to, to your story? Uh, for sure. Um, yeah, I guess for like, I agree with everything you guys have said. Uh, basically, the more the merrier. And I think what really trips a lot of these guys up is that Bitcoin is too new. Like it's too young or it's like not tested. Um, but I do, I do actually have like a piece of an article uh, where I basically compare the amount of time that Bitcoin is traded versus like the New York Stock Exchange or the S&P. So if you just like, if you just calculate the time, so let's see. So Bitcoin obviously trades 24 seven, right? So then we can calculate the amount of time that it's been trading versus something like the New York Stock Exchange, which is only open for, what do I have here? It's like- Five days a week. Yeah, five days a week, six and a half hours a day. And then it's closed on holidays. <laughs> it's crazy. So, if you do it, if you do the math, it's roughly about Bitcoin is traded for 
for about 22% of the total trading time that the New York Stock Exchange has traded for since its inception, 82% of the S&P. So Bitcoin is basically traded the same, little less than the S&P. So if, you're, if you still have doubts, it's like, well, the price action has been happening about the same time as the S&P. It, that's a very interesting comparison you're making because Bitcoin's going to catch up with all of those guys uh, soon enough because mm -hmm. it's 24-7. Now, yep. it, wouldn't sh it wouldn't shock me if all those other guys change their ways at some point. It, it's so old school to only be open five days a week during uh, trading hours. It, it's like, that's mm -hmm. from the 1950s. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm surprised it hasn't. May, maybe that'll be one of the things that that'll change in this golden age that that cryptocurrency will bring. To it'll wake these dudes up, uh, these these traditional markets. But it, it, very very interesting comparison. And so you are a dude who just you came into the space, uh, and you've you've watched my show for a while. And uh, one day I brought up, uh, hey, does anybody want to write for this uh, new uh, a, a, a new publication out there? And you jumped on it and you became a writer for them. And you, you really demonstrated what in motion is all about. And, you know, the opportunities that are going on in this space. And you are the guy at people who watch my show are familiar with this. I, uh, I, uh, I tweeted out or I shared that, uh, what is, it? Hey, Adam, do you know any Bitcoiners who would be interested in managing social media for a Bitcoin startup? And uh, that, that was you who is trying to get more, you know, spreading the word that you have another opportunity out there. So, so tell us about your journey a little bit from just, uh, you know, you were just a regular dude, had some Bitcoin, and now you're writing about Bitcoin and you're trying to get uh, other people to, to work in the Bitcoin space. Yeah, I think. Um, so, yeah, I started around like I'm probably, I guess, considered like the class is 17, uh, 2018, uh, built a, a mining like a, like a mining rig with a GPU with my friend. And I realized, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Like <laughs> what's going on here. And then around 2019, uh, I think I was reading up on like 1984 and creature from Jekyll Island. And that led me to actually take Bitcoin seriously. It's like, well, this solves basically all those problems. Why don't I continue to look into this and see what I can contribute? Um, but yeah, I'm I'm here and there, like on Twitter, uh, always watching your show, Adam. Now, now um, what's the name of the publication that you're writing for now? Or uh, oh yeah, and, so, and tell and tell us more about the job that's out. There. I mean, is that job still open? The social media manager, right? So I write for CoinBeast, CoinBeast, not Coinbase, CoinBeast. <laughs> uh, basically, they want to they want to empower individuals with as much information as possible for the space. So we'll present you with what's going on and then you make the best decision for your current situation. So I don't know if you do want to get into altcoins, I wouldn't suggest it, but if you do, we'll have publications on that as well. But I, I only focus on the Bitcoin stuff because I mean, that's, that's where it's at. <laughs> In, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So, uh, for, for the, oh, that's yeah, oh, okay. For the social media position, I believe it's still open. Uh, my contact over there hasn't said, that it's been filled. So if you guys are still interested, definitely let me know. Um, I guess the reason the reason why I guess I'm also in Bitcoin is because if you look at it from like a percentage standpoint, so if you start Bitcoin right now, and then if you're still in the space from 2024, 
you're basically you're you're at the ground level of an industry and you're pretty much involved in a space from like 25% of its existence. So it's like, I don't know, you're not going to find uh, other opportunities in other industries because they already have the major players there. It doesn't really make sense if you're someone younger than 30 to, to pursue something else that's not yeah. Bitcoin. And I, I think the point here is that you just didn't talk the talk. You walked the walk. You said, hey, there's a lot of opportunity here. And you, you, you picked it up and you took advantage of the opportunity. Now you're, you're working in the space. And I just want to show the world this example of a dude. You could be this guy. You, anyone could do this, okay? It is a growing space. It, where else are you, can you join at the beginning of a, a, a whole new, I mean, it could be bigger than the internet. I mean, or even if it's just a fraction of the internet, it's still huge. When do you get this, uh, when are you going to have this, uh, this opportunity again. You don't know. It's like a once in a lifetime thing. And he jumped on it. So be in motion. He is the embodiment of being in motion. Okay. We have, we've come to the end here. I want everybody to, uh, we'll start with Brecky here. Conclusionary thoughts, any stories that were left out, anything that you want to share that you're doing personally? Oh man. Um, put me on the spot here. We can come back to you. We can come back, back. to you. Give me a second. Give me a second. Okay, Brady. Yeah. Well, I was I was listening to Dennis talk there, and I was thinking like something I've been talking about lately is you know this is the beginning of the Bitcoin industry, really, right? We've been living in a. I mean, we had you know exchanges become big businesses. That was sort of the, the only viable business in in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, you know, in terms of a you know large success until now where we see, and we're seeing the birth of the Bitcoin only industry, which is really exciting. Um, we have Bitcoin only exchanges like Swan going up and, and River, and, and we have, uh, you know, other custody companies like Casa and Unchained and uh, all kinds of other, you know, services that are, that are being built to provide Bitcoin only services. So this is the beginning of this industry. You, you know, obviously we know it's early. There's not that many Bitcoiners out there. Um, you know, it might seem like that on Twitter, but actually tiny number that really, really study and know what's going on here you are going to be in demand all right like every big financial company and eventually tech company and eventually all companies are going to have to have people on staff who understand what bitcoin is and how it works and so you're building a resume right now by just participating in twitter right and start making content um you know i got this job at swan because i started the citizen bitcoin podcast that's what put me on the radar on corey's radar and started our relationship um so bitcoin companies want to hire bitcoiners and if you kind of put, you know, build your resume slowly but surely over time, uh, you're going to get on the radar and you're going to find a job doing what you love to do. So just keep keep going. Uh, dude, that pound that like button. This is a point that I have been making that you, some people out there in the Bitcoin space, they don't think they have special skills. Dude, you know how to send the Bitcoin. You got a special skill. You make that you, you make it sound real nice on your resume. A again, every company is going to need a guy that knows how to send the Bitcoin. I know it sounds it sounds so common and simple in our space, but it's, it's going to be something awesome for your resume that you know how to handle anything dealing with Bitcoin. So yeah, put yourself out there, people. Put yourself out there. It, it could be as simple as, as Twitter and just learn some the five basic skills that I've talked about before. All right, uh, Dennis, what your conclusionary thoughts, anything you want to share? I just want to thank you for uh, all these opportunities, Adam. <laughs> Keep throwing them my way. <laughs> thank Dude. you so much for having me here. I, I, yeah. I love 
the people that take advantage of the opportunities. There's so many people that just that they don't have a self-confidence. They think, oh, it's not for me. It's for someone else is going to do it. That's the 80 percenter mentality. OK, you got to jump on it in this world. And uh, I just want to remind everyone that if you think everybody else is jumping on it, they're not. So most people just don't have the confidence. They want other people to do the work for them. Uh, the opportunities are out there, even when things seem so dark and scary. Uh, this is a freaking golden age. All right. And it was great to have you on the show, Dennis. Great debut. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll conclude with uh, Brecky. Sure. I'll, I'm going to piggyback off what Brady said a little bit and kind of reiterate a little bit. 100% like I, I've got my job at Swan basically from making memes and artwork and, you know, leveraging some of the skills I had in the outside world. Like I was a, I was a filmmaker before this and I was like, I thought I was going to use film to make the world a better place. And then I found crypto and then I realized Bitcoin and live streaming is on. And that's when Bitcoin's going to go to a million dollars. All right, back to it real quick. I was using my, I'm putting my film school stuff and my filmmaking skills to work at Swan and in other ways. So if you're at home and you do something that is unrelated to Bitcoin, I bet there's a way that you could make it related to Bitcoin if you want. And if, you know, I don't know, you're a plumber or a doctor or anything else, you don't have to work in Bitcoin if you don't want to. You can keep being awesome at what you do and you can incorporate Bitcoin. You can say to your customers, you know, hey, if you want to pay in Bitcoin, I'll, I'll give you a 10% discount. And here's a little booklet I put together of some Bitcoin resources. And you can, you know, you can do your own part for Bitcoin wherever you are and no matter what you do. So uh, that's all I'll say. Also go to swanbitcoin.com and join the Swan Force list, swanbitcoin.com slash enlist. And it's the end of my show. Thanks for having me with that. All right, dudes. Awesome show. Everybody pound that like button. Remember, these elite guests, they're all linked to below. Check them out. Follow them on Twitter, of course. Uh, I do this show every freaking Friday. Best freaking guests in the space. You get new, different guests every week, different combos. We got a rotation going. I love these guys. Hello, my elite friends. Goodbye, my elite friends. Uh, I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Meister. Pound that like button. We will see you next week. Or we'll see you tomorrow, what, et cetera. Subscribe, yeah, whatever I say. Shabbat shalom. Everybody have a great sukkah. Sukkot starts tonight. Have a fun time in your sukkah. I know so many of you. Yeah, so many of you are going to be in the sukkah tonight. Okay, whatever it is. See you guys. Shabbat shalom. Seriously, it was it was a great time. Bye bye. And. Bye.